Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. Before we begin today's program, I just want to extend a happy birthday to my nephew, Finn, as he turns six today. He's affectionately known around the family farm as Farmer Finn, as he loves every aspect of agriculture and being on the farm, so much so that he pretends to fix a combine, he pretends to combine, he pretends to seed. He's all over the place on the farm. So I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday, Finn. Enjoy the day today. As for today's program, APAS wants Transport Canada to be thorough in its review of the proposed merger between Viterra and Bungie. A scheduled event here in Regina has been cancelled. Changes to a funding model were brought up again at a Pulse Growers Regional meeting, and a number of Saskatchewan farmers are pitching in to help combat food security with the with food insecurity, I should say, with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag today on 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan is making sure all the bases are covered into the review of the proposed merger of Viterra and Bungie. In October, APAS, along with Sasquheat, Sask Barley, and Sask Canola, called on the provincial government to conduct a thorough risk assessment on the merger. The federal government, the Competition Bureau of Canada, and Transport Canada are also looking into it. Ian Boxall, the president of APAS, says they've submitted an official response to Transport Canada. I think it's just important that we look at all aspects of this merger. We look at how this is going to affect rail transportation, how it's going to affect port issues or, you know, loading the ships at the port and how it's going to affect that. And I think just everything within the supply chain. This is, with Viterra having, you know, 27% of the province's grain sales and, and would be increased with this merger, we need to ensure that Saskatchewan producers' interests are looked after. And I'm, and I'm happy to hear that Transport Canada, the provincial government, the federal government all agree that we need to do a bigger dive into this, that this isn't just going to be rubber stamped and gone through, that we need to make sure that we've looked at all sides of this. So I'm happy to hear that. The written response details concerns APAS has with the merger from the potential impact on producer delivery opportunities and balance of market power to transportation efficiencies. 
The Farm Group also recommends regulatory measures, such as inter-switching and support for short-line rail operations, to counterbalance consolidation trends and support the viability of grain handling facilities. And we've done some background work and then laid out our concerns on, on this merger, and so we've submitted that document around to you know, the respective parties that need to see it, so let's hope that they listen. Transport Canada is also looking for written feedback through a public interest review process. Boxall encourages members to submit their thoughts on the merger to the federal agency. Absolutely. If you have issues about this merger and you see concerns, reach out to APAS or send, send the submission right to Transport Canada. Let's make sure that they have everybody's thoughts on, on what this is going to look like for the future of grain sales and grain movement in Saskatchewan. Transport Canada's assessment is expected to be completed June 2nd at the latest, then a report will be provided to the Transportation Minister. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the other side of the break. We're going to cover another angle from the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Regional Meeting in Swift Current, talking a little bit about changes being made to the funding model that was brought up once before at the Crop Production Show in Saskatoon. We'll take a look at that right after the break. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Changes are being made in the funding model to breed new and improved pulse crop varieties. Between 2005 and 2020, Saskatchewan pulse growers had an agreement which saw the producer organization provide $5 million in annual funding to the University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre, in exchange, SPG was able to provide producers these varieties on a royalty-free basis. The Crop Development Center did not want to extend that agreement, which meant SPG had to produce a new plan. This plan includes negotiating deals with various pulse breeding entities to develop higher-yielding and disease-resistant varieties. The first deal with Lima Grain was reached in 2022, and negotiations continue with the Crop Development Center. Producer concern was raised at the SPG annual meeting a couple of weeks ago in Saskatoon about the trailing royalties that would go with any new varieties. Farmers would be able to use saved seed, but would be required to pay a royalty to the breeder on that seed. The topic was raised again during a regional meeting in Swift Current this week during a question and answer between a producer and SPG executive director, Carl Potts. And I'm not opposed to this. I just really want to understand if we have to pay for seed every year, it turns us from profitable to non-profitable. So the UAs are big, big concern for me. If the UAs are our only choice moving forward, as they are now in the canola model, here in the Southwest, we don't make money on canola, not even most years. So how is the board making sure that this start towards us. I fully understand royalties. We need to find a way to move forward on this. But royalty bearing, is there a cap on that? So it's two, three dollars an acre, or is it gonna get to be like canola where it's extraordinary? Or VUAs where we're buying our seed every year. What is the board's weight at the table that to make sure these things don't happen? And what is your plan to not move us towards that canola model? Because Hearing these things is kind of, in my opinion, the start of that, and I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, those are good questions, and I know that they're questions and topics that our board talked 
quite a bit about around our table. So there's there's a few things there that we think are competitive that will help keep those costs in check. First of all, there'll be uh, existing royalty-free varieties that will continue to be available. So before farmers pay for new seed or sign a you know variety use agreement, you'll have to be convinced that those varieties are substantially better than the existing ones. So that'll help place uh, you know some limit on price and the cost of the seed. The other thing is that through you know our Lemogram partnership as well as new ones that we launch with CDC and others, there'll be multiple seed commercialization companies that are involved in commercializing those varieties. So there won't be a, you know a monopoly on any one company, which will also add competition there as well. Uh, and the other thing I think that was added at our annual general meeting is that we, we have a seat at the table when commercialization decisions are being made. And I think at least the partners that we're working with right now know that farmers you know need to be profitable as well. So in terms of long-term where costs, uh, you know, go, but, you know, we don't know. But, you know, in talking with growers at various meetings all over the place, there's many that have said to us, if, if we can have better resistance for root disease and aphanomyces, you know, willing to, certainly willing to pay more and pay something for those new varieties as well. That applies for uh, herbicide tolerance in, you know, in lentils to have additional herbicide tolerances. So, so big jumps in yield, herbicide tolerance, root disease resistance, things that add more value to, to farms will be ones that, uh, you know, that growers will at least have the choice to be able to pay for in the future. That is SPG Executive Director Carl Potts speaking at a regional meeting in Swift Current. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is Ag Review with Doug Faulkner. He'll give us the latest ag headlines. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integritire dealers, and Migraine Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Ice Futures canola contracts continued to show some modest strength during the week ended yesterday as the market stabilized above the lows hit earlier in the month. However, whether the uptrend continues or canola retreats to fresh lows remains to be seen. Markets farm analyst Mike Jubinville says while the market was showing signs of creating a bottom, there's a pattern in the canola market going back to the summer where we sell off, sell off too hard, then rebound a bit and consolidate, and then fall again, adding there was nothing yet to indicate the pattern had changed. With the March contract trading right around its 20-day moving average yesterday at $634.30 per metric tonne, Jubinville placed the next upside target at the former support level, around $650 to $660 per metric ton. He notes that a move below $600 was still entirely possible. As farmers in the United States get ready to plant their crops in 2024, there has been speculation of how much corn and soybeans they will plant. Scott Caponegro of Barrington Commodity Brokers in Barrington, Illinois, says everyone in the industry is talking less corn and more beans. He thinks the biggest switch in acres will be in North Dakota and South Dakota. Illinois and Iowa usually stick to their guns with their crop rotations. 
Caponegro says a couple of new soybean facilities are due to come online in the near future, which should improve the crop's demand. Added to that is the cost of production for corn, which has eroded its profitability. FCC's top economist is urging farmers to find any way they can to save money as the ag lender projects a 4.8% decline in farm cash receipts in 2024 on the heels of lower commodity prices. J.P. Gervais, the vice president and chief economist with Farm Credit Canada, says in this environment he thinks that management skills are absolutely critical he says any 2, 3, 4 or 5 percent that you can get in terms of efficiency, in terms of productivity, will help on the bottom line because there's a multiplicative effect when it comes to lowering your costs and the impact on the overall profitability of operations. That said, Gervais is cautiously optimistic about Canadian agriculture this year. He's optimistic because we're going to get relief when it comes to interest rates. There was a reshuffling of Canada's leading potato-producing provinces in 2023, according to a report from Statistics Canada released Tuesday. At 32.063 million hundredweight of potatoes this year, Alberta vaulted from second to first place as it improved on the previous year's crop of 26.813 million. Manitoba moved into second spot from third, with its harvest of 29.76 million per hundredweight, following last year's 26.139 million. Prince Edward Island saw its output reduced in 2023 to 25.813 million per hundredweight from 27.789 million. In 2023, the trio combined for 68% of Canada's total potato harvest of 128,801 million hundredweight. Victoria Stamper, general manager of the United Potato Growers of Canada, notes production in eastern Canada was mostly down in 2023. She says PEI was hit with rain during its harvest, while Quebec and New Brunswick contended with wet conditions through their summer and during harvest as well. The Canada and Manitoba governments through the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership are investing over $1.5 million over the next five years to the Keystone Agricultural Producers for the Farm Safe Manitoba program to promote safe and healthy farm operations in Manitoba. With the agriculture industry facing evolving challenges, this CAP-led program provides a set of strategies and initiatives that meet the growing demand for farm safety education and support. FarmSafe Manitoba provides farm-specific resources, safety assessments, hazard identification, risk management guidance, and training sessions. The FarmSafe Manitoba program provides resources that cover various aspects of farm safety, including machinery operation, livestock handling, chemical handling, and emergency preparedness. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. 
The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, looking at the forecast here for today, it looks like uh, nothing out of the ordinary here, but maybe a little bit of a high temperature, and it should burn out some of the fog. Yeah, the fog has been pretty stubborn through the morning, uh, but unlike yesterday, it will actually start to break up a little bit through the day. Some areas getting into some sunshine now, some getting there through the afternoon. We'll average mostly sunny through the afternoon, but not everybody, just as, as I mentioned, quickly getting through this, but we'll get there. And once we do, temperatures will jump. They've been slow to move under that uh, cloud cover and fog. But as the day goes on, pretty close to freezing. I think the delayed warming is the only thing that really keeps us below the freezing mark. Uh, areas that have broken through already could get there. Um, most of us should get there tomorrow. Mainly clear sky overnight, a little patchy fog. Not as much of a concern as today. Minus 7 is the low tonight and 1 degree on the plus side tomorrow. Just a bit of a breeze, 15 to 25 today, 15 to 25 tonight and tomorrow. And then a little bit of a lighter wind for Friday night into Saturday. Temperature not that much different Friday night. Sky staying mainly clear, minus 7 is our low. And a mostly sunny day on Saturday will be around 3 degrees for the high. And then we'll trend up from there. Impressive warmth for uh, the end of January and almost February by this point. Uh, we'll see temperatures up to four or five Sunday, Monday, and uh, mid to upper single numbers holding for a good portion next week. This pattern it looks to be really locked in uh, right through next weekend. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year around minus 10. Normal lows minus 22. Sun rose in Regina at 8.43 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.39 this afternoon. Around the province in Saskatoon, Mooseman and Weyburn, minus 8. Swift Current is at 0. Assiniboia, minus 2. Yorkton and Melville, minus 7 degrees. And it's minus 9 in Estevan. The warm spot in the province is in Maple Creek at 5.7 degrees. Cold spot in Uranium City, minus 14.8. In Regina, it's mostly cloudy sky, southeast wind at 24 kilometers an hour, humidity at 90%, temperature at minus 9 or 15 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.6 and falling. In Moose Jaw, it's partly cloudy, east wind at 8 kilometers an hour, temperature also minus 9. Again in Regina, mostly cloudy, southeast wind at 24, and the temperature is minus 9. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Food security is one of the biggest challenges facing the world as the global population increases, and a Canadian not-for-profit organization is working to ensure growing more and better food is a reality for all. There is also a Saskatchewan connection to the work being done by the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Rick Block, the Saskatchewan representative of the Food Grains Bank, says a total of 33 projects are registered in the province dedicated to helping their cause. There are community growing projects in all over Saskatchewan, up in the northwest, southwest, central, you know, southeast, northeast. You'll, you'll, you'll find them on highways and, uh, and various grid roads. 
Um, some of them are smaller, like 40 acres. We just had a fellow uh, from Salt Coats that came by here. He helps to manage the project that's right along Highway 16 there at Salt Coats. That's a smaller one. Um, you know, and we have projects. I think the largest one would be, would be uh, right at Musuman, uh, actually just north on Highway 8 there, Musuman Harvest of Hope. And that is two quarter sections that uh, there's a whole group of people there that work together. And that is, um, that's been going on about 10 years now. Some projects have gone on for 25 plus years. So, Block says the growth of the projects in Saskatchewan can be attributed to word of mouth, their social media presence, and being at trade shows. Definitely word of mouth would be, I mean, it would be the largest way in which um, people will sometimes see a sign on the side of the road or they're in the coffee shop, they'll hear about, hey, you know, my uncle and aunt are involved in a project and, you know, these kinds of things that just kind of happen word of mouth. Um, but I guess also as the Food Grains Bank, we do try to have, you know, we have a social media presence on various channels like Twitter or X or whatever, or Facebook. Um, um, media, even such as yourselves, will, you know, obviously provide an opportunity for us to tell a bit more of our story and so that's also very helpful um, yeah and people who are interested at times during ag shows like here will sometimes say hey how do you get started in this and it just it's like agriculture sometimes it's planting the seed in the right conditions and that germinates and, and can really take off CFB projects aren't just limited to growing crops, as Block says other people have committed to the same thing by donating proceeds from the sale of cattle, honey, or in the case of urban centers, the sale of various foods. It's based on often a resource that is available, putting in, you know, kind of humans some sweat equity, obviously holding to the vision, you know, the understanding that, hey, we, we believe that no one should go hungry, um, and that helps to generate both awareness and resources. Um, so really, the only limits are our own creativity in terms of how uh, resources are, are generated for the Food Grains Bank. Once the proceeds are donated to the Food Grains Bank, Block says it gets transferred to their partners. Maybe we're talking about Ethiopia, maybe Bangladesh, um, you know, wherever, it's those, it's those financial resources then that are utilized to either procure the food in that region, if it's food assistance, or the funds are utilized to, you know, if we're working with a group of farmers, sometimes it will be seed or tools or training. So those resources help to kind of, sorry, the finances are used to provide those kinds of resources for the participating farmers in those countries. So no longer do we actually ship Canadian grain um, as food aid. That's, that used to happen, but it actually isn't the most effective way to uh, to do this work more information on the work they do can be found online at foodgrainsbank.ca you're listening to sask ag today on 620 ckrm after the break we're going to hear a little bit from the wheat growers as a convention that they had planned for this week has been canceled we'll get into more detail on that right after this you're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A wheat growers convention that was set for today and tomorrow in Regina has been cancelled. President of the wheat growers, Gunter Yoakum, says it was due to the timing of the event not working out for most members. In the past, we've had uh, 
some of our members had uh, expressed interest in having a convention on our prairies, either Winnipeg, Regina, or Calgary. And so we chose Regina because it's very centrally located. However, there wasn't much interest, uh, and we decided to postpone the convention then. And we are planning a convention for the spring of 2025, and uh, there's a good chance it won't be on the prairies. He then clarified the meeting could potentially be somewhere else in North America. We've had very successful uh, conventions when we've had it in the States. Uh, we even had one in Mexico one, one year that was extremely well attended. And so we're looking at uh, those options. Following the change, Yoakum announced that there will be a virtual annual general meeting of the wheat growers next month. We're still working on, on some of those details. So our financial outlook is uh, still very strong. And um, it's pretty much just going over the stuff we've been doing uh, this year, trying to get our government engaged uh, on the carbon tax, on uh, grain commission changes, uh, Canada Grain Act changes, uh, as well as we started a mentorship program this fall, which we where we had a tremendous uptake, and we chose two mentees, one from Saskatchewan, one from Alberta, and uh, yeah, that's about it in a nutshell. Again, the Wheat Growers Convention scheduled for this week has been cancelled and in its place will be a virtual AGM on February 26th at 7pm. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. We'll take another break. And coming up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is down five dollars and eighty cents at five ninety-two sixty-two. Yellow peas is down twenty-seven dollars and fifty-six cents to four thirty-eight eighty-two. Number one red spring wheat is up a dollar twenty-seven cents at three twenty-five eleven. The rest were unchanged. Durham four forty-seven sixty. Feed barley two forty-two fifty-eight. Chickpeas 1168.44, flax 591.04, lentils 777.50, oats 290.32, and feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up three and a half cents at seven dollars and eight cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Producers, Junior for Heartland Livestock York with your mark report for the week of January 24th. Nice run on offer here this week with 2770 and sort 300 cows of bulls for a total of 3070 on the feeder market, the lighter calves are under big demand and the heavier cattle steady to lower on a few classes. The heifers are higher with all classes. Here are a few highlights of the sale. 568 buckskin steers, 416. 645s at 360. 790s at 330. 422 weight block steers, 479. Five weights, 426. And 858 weights at 304. On the red X steers, 500 pounds at 430. 
640 at 360, 855 at 316. On the half of trade, 712 pound buckskin heifers, 30250, 490 weights at 373. On the black heifers, 425 at 390, 710 at 290. On the red X heifers, 500 pounds at 374 and 705 weights at 298. On the cow and bull trade, we saw 300 cows average $1.1650. D1, D2 cows, 114 to 128, sales to 130. D3 cows, 106 to 113. Your light shelly cows, 50 to 98, and your half rats, a buck 38 to $1.96. On the bull trade, the bulls average $1.43 to the high of a buck 63 on a good exotic bull. Producers bred cow sale Friday, January 26, 11 a.m. 200 plus cows on offer, including herd dispersal, 28 exotic cross cows bred Charlie or Black for March, April calving. Herd dispersal, 70 black cows bred Angus for April calving, and 15 cow calf pairs from the same herd. Also, 16 purebred horned Hereford cows bred Hereford for end of March, April calving, plus many more consignments. We will have pre-sort sales every week. Be sure to call and get your cattle booked in. This has been Junior for Heartland, New York, and thank you, and have a great day. The latest pork prices are around $174.42 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Calgary-based fuel distributor Parkland Corporation says it has temporarily shut down fuel processing at its refinery in Burnaby, B.C., Parkland says the shutdown is expected to last for about four weeks. This comes after operations at the refinery were paused earlier this month due to extremely cold weather in B.C. before encountering an issue when trying to restart on January 21st. Residents were then warned they may notice elevated levels of smoke, odors, and particulate matter coming from the refinery. On the markets, the TSX is up 25 points at 21,051. The Dow is up 42 points to 37,848. Oil is up $1.42 at $76.51 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at $74.10 US. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Thursday's edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.